0: everyone this is pastor ryan and this is our podcast welcome to live alive church and i just want to thank you for listening in i hope this message encourages you strengthens your faith and causes you to keep pressing forward for who god has called you to be and created you to be god bless when you're there say amen amen all right Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. Are you there? Verse 12. All right, let's read it. This is what the Bible says. It says, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. And I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. Who's their instruction? The children of Israel. Turn to chapter 32. When you're there, say amen. Amen. This is what the Bible says. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain. So we know that in chapter 24, he went up. And he's been there a long time. Anybody been in that place? Where like... It's been a long time. I mean, like you ever sat down at a restaurant and you're real hungry? And you ordered some food? And you're like, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, you're special though, that's why. He was there so long and coming down from the mountain. They gathered around Aaron and said come make us gods who will go before us as for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt we don't even know where he is what happened to him where'd he go Aaron answered and said take off the gold earrings that your wives your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. So I want to talk to you tonight. About this thought. All that glitters. What's the saying? All that glitters. All that glitters. Come on, say it everybody. Don't act like you don't know it. Don't act like you ain't told your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Honey, all that glitters on you is not gold, baby. Come on, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me, Charlie. You said it before. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, that you're here and that you're doing something in us and through us and in this city, in these, in, in, in these young people tonight and within me, Lord. I, we just pray that, God, we would posture ourselves towards your throne tonight. Father, that we would be engaged in your word, that our hearts would leap to your throne, and that, God, our blood would boil with passion for your word and for your anointing. Father, I pray, God, that you would move upon the hearts of your people tonight, and, f- Father, that we would leave here from this place understanding, Father, that the enemy has set before us traps. He has set before us temptations. He has set before us distractions. He has set before us things, Father, that may look right. May seem right. May move right. All act right, talk right. But isn't all you? So Father, open up our eyes to see your word and to see you. In Jesus name. Amen. So We have to understand, and I'm going to give you a little bit of context on what's going here in this scripture, but I want you to first understand this one thing, that God is a planner. God's a planner, okay? If you don't have a plan set in motion in your life, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to stay in the same position. If you do not plan, you will stay in the same position. What I do want you to know is not just God being a planner, but I want you to also know that the enemy is a plotter. That even though God plans your destiny and has planned the the destiny that he has called for you to, to step into, God has also strategically been moving pieces to get you around that which the enemy has tried to destroy you. But we have to understand that on the way to our destiny that the enemy has put in position plots to destroy us from getting to where he's called us. When God sets his plan in motion, he spoke into to the earth and to existence. And he, he said he saw that it was good. And he spoke into a seven-day span, and on the seventh day, he said he took a rest. But we have to understand that when he created man in his image, that he created man not just to create him in his image, but he created him to be in his identity towards the calling that God had placed inside of them. There is a seed that God has planted in you when you were born. I want you to hear me. We all know how babies are born, correct? Do I have to go through that? Do I have to explain? We understand that a woman has eggs and a man has seeds. In order for there to be birth to take place, the man has to have the seed in order for that thing to implant into the egg. Do you understand what I'm saying? You got it now. So there is, in order for that to happen, that's the way that that works in order for a birthing to take place. When you gave your heart to the Lord, there was a spiritual renewing and a spiritual regeneration that took place in the spiritual realm. That's why, uh, that's why the, the man who said, he, he said, if you want to be born, you got to be born again. He said, well, how can I be born again and go back through my mother's womb again? When he was talking about a spiritual regeneration, a spiritual birth, a spiritual uh, new creation, that the Bible says that you are now a new creation, that old things have passed and new things have come. So, in order to understand this, you got to know that God is a planner, but the enemy is a plotter. And what the enemy has come to do is try to destroy the seed that God has planted inside of each and every one of us for the things, because what happens is the seed that's in us that God has planted in us since our spiritual birth has to continue to grow, and it's up to us to feed it. So the, the let me tell you something. The, 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 the plant that you have, the tree that you have, you're the only one that can cause it to grow. Mm-hmm. The fruit that you bear, you're the only one that can cause it to grow. Okay, How much you put into what God has given you determines how the outcome of which, how big your tree really is going to be. I can plant a flower and not water it and it will die. If you don't continue to worship, if you don't continue to pray, if you don't continue to stay in his presence, and if you don't continue to get around like-minded people and like-minded Christians to help you grow, then you will always stay stagnant. And that is one thing that the enemy has come to do is to try to come destroy the movement that God is trying to put inside of you. Because there is different stages that God is doing in your life. Just like there's different seasons that God, that, that God does things in your life. There's different stages and there's different seasons. You have to understand that different stages God, God elevates you. And in different st- seasons God is developing you. You understand? It's a difference. You have to go through the season for God to develop you before you go to the stage that God has called you. So you you will never get to the destiny that God has given you unless you go through the season and allow Him to develop you. Right. There's certain things in our lives that God will allow us to go through in order for us to be developed for what He is calling us to. Mm-hmm. There will be seasons of betrayal. There will be seasons of, of, of let down, and, 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 and somebody walking away from you, and people talking about you, and, and there will be seasons the enemy is tempting you, and, 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 and through that, God is testing you to see how you're going to get through it. So the Israelites are now in this season where Moses had went, everybody knows the story, God said, Moses, go to Egypt, you're going to Egypt, and I'm going to use you to get my people out, and we're going to go to a land, we're going to go to the promised land, OK, now now we're at the place where God has brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And now they're just wandering around in the desert. Right. So now they're in the desert and, and God calls Moses up into the mountain in Mount Sinai. He calls him up there because God has used him to be the leader to call them out because he was the mediator in between God and the people. Now we have a mediator who is Jesus Christ, our Savior. You understand what I'm saying? God had a plan all through the Old Testament. You can see Christ woven through the scriptures all through the Old Testament. Moses is a Christ-like leader in the Old Testament. So now that you know that God is a planner and the enemy is a plotter, what the enemy will always try to do is try to destroy the promise. He will always try to stop you from getting to the promise. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and God said, You can eat of every other tree in the garden, but don't eat, on the, eat, eat in the one in the middle of the garden. What happened? The enemy came one day and said, You know, you, you, you can eat this and you surely won't die. Because God was doing something in them that it created him in His image, and He was trying to stop the destiny that God had put on their life. It doesn't stop there. So, God has now called Moses. God called Moses to get His people out of Israel, because or out of Egypt because they were enslaved. They were enslaved in, in Egypt because now that Joseph. Their leader has now died and he is no more. And there was a new leader that had rose up and that they knew not not know of Joseph, the Bible says. In Exodus chapter 1, you can read it. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of background. What happened was, is God had placed a call on Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. And what the enemy had tried to do what that Pharaoh tried to do was try to kill every young male under the age of two. So he tried to stop the deliverer from delivering the ones who were enslaved. Because the enemy knows that God has called you. The enemy knows that he he, he has a plan, that God has a plan for your life and a calling for your life. So the enemy will always try to stop you from getting to the promise that God has called you. So what also happens is that now that the enemy tries to stop you from getting to the promise that God has called you to, what what he also has done is he'll try to delay, get you to delay, and get you to dis- get things to distract you from stepping into the full promise that God has called you to. Right? Just like the the, the disciples when they were getting ready to get on into the boat and get on to the other side. There came a storm, and I preached on this before. There came a storm, and and Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves, and, and he said, peace be still. And when he said, you know, we're going over to the other side, the reason why a storm rose up, because they were getting ready to see one of the greatest miracles they ever saw, because there was a man with a legion of demons. The enemy will always try to stop you but well, we have to understand what our pitfalls are and what our distractions are so that way we can stay in position and stay in character of who God has called us to be because the Bible says that we have to walk circumspectly. That means if we have to walk circumspectly, that means if, if I have a problem with hanging out with a certain group of people and I may be tempted by it, I make sure that I, I, I don't go hang out with that type of people. Right, and if I had a problem with I used to drink, that means I don't go down the street where Brew River used to be, or where Brew River is. You understand me? I mean, I've been to every bar in Salisbury and Ocean City. Ain't nobody here has done anything that I've done, and I don't want you to do anything that I've done. Okay, I've drank, I've smoked, I've done it all. Okay, but God deliver me. Because the enemy was trying to stop me to step into the full potential of who God has called me to be. Because he was afraid of the man I was going to become. That's why the enemy does not want you to step into who you are and who you're called to be. Because he's afraid of what God is going to do in and through you. Because, guess what, the enemy will try to put that, look, everything that glitters is not gold. That girl that looks real good, that, you know, is real popular and plays on the volleyball team, she might look good, but, boy, she's got a bad attitude. She hangs out with the wrong people. She does the wrong things. You understand what I'm saying? That group of people, they might look cool. They might dress cool. They might have the nice cars. But guess what? Something ain't going right. Sorry, I didn't mean to spit on you, Beth. It just comes out every once in a while. But I want you to know that not everything that glitters is gold. Because I was trying to think, God, what do you want me to speak to these young people tonight? Because there's been things in my life that I've been distracted by. Things that I thought that were just, I thought that were good. look good, smell good, knew it was right. But in the end, the Bible says, there's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, there is destruction. So there's going to be things that seem right to us that look right. We think is right. But it's not God. So what happened in his, in this story in Exodus chapter thirty two? We come to the place where the, the the children of Israel are tired because Moses has been on the mountain just for forty days and forty nights, and then they're like, "What? Where is where is Moses? What is going on?" So what they ended up doing was, you know what? Let's just let's make our own God. Let's do our own thing. Because we don't know where Moses is or what's going on. I mean, look, for all we know, God killed him and he's dead. You know, has anybody ever been tired of just waiting on something? (laughs) But can I tell you that the in the waiting is where God does his developing. It's where God is pruning. It's where God is working. It's where God is moving. It's where God is trying to teach you. It's where God is trying to show you. Because we all know we don't like patience. But see, they got to a place where they ended up compromising the call that they had and the promise and, and, and to, to, to step into something that was never truly real in the first place. Because the Bible says that they, this is what it says. It says that, 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 that they took so long, They took Moses took so long, and coming down from the mountain they gathered around Aaron and said come make us gods so this this is what this is what this is what happens and i want you to write this down if you have a pencil whatever anything when things don't go as expected we begin to make exceptions when things don't seem to go our way guess what we do we begin to make exceptions right we begin look if I look I really like this girl and it just I thought she was the one but I guess I'll settle for this one over here All right? <laughs> I thought this guy was the one I mean he really talked a good game and I really liked him but he wasn't the right one so I guess I'll settle Settle for less. I want to get the settle for less out of your mind. Because too many times we've settled for less and God wants you to settle for more. There's too many things in our lives that the enemy will try to put in your way to distract you, to plot against you. So that way you settle for the mediocre when God said that you need to live above mediocrity. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end there is destruction. God does not want you to settle for less when he wants your best. Do you understand? There's things in our lives that we have to understand that God is trying to maneuver just because there's rejection. Don't be, don't be mad at the rejection, honey. Let that guy go. Bye-bye. Because God's rejection and, and, and rejection in our lives is only God's redirection. Mm-hmm. The rejection in our lives is only God's redirection. So we get to a place in our lives just like the children of Israel. We're on our way on a journey. We're on our way to our promise, right? We're on our way to our promise. Boom, everything's going good. I mean, they saw miracles. They saw the Red Sea split wide open. Boom, miracle right in front of them. Manna falling from the sky. Krispy Kreme donuts. (laughs) Royal Farms chicken falling from the sky. Uh, you hear me? You listen? I'm telling you, they saw, they saw miracles. I'm serious. Rise up, coffee. I mean, he, had, he hit the rock. Moses hit the rock and rise up, coffee came springing out. I mean, Starbucks came out. Sorry, Jess. But they see miracle after miracle. See, because what happens is, is, this is what happens When we begin to get to a place When we don't see God move We begin to get blind To the things that he used to do We get to a place Where we become blind That we think God is not there or God might not be real But we forgot that he just split the Red Sea We forgot that he just fed you manna When you were hungry we forgot that he just made a way when there was no way. When We, we forgot that he, he gave you a breakthrough when you thought you would never get a breakthrough. You, he gave you healing when you never thought you would be healed. He, he was there when nobody else was there and he was still holding your hand and beside you the whole time when everybody else walked by your side. And then we settle for less. Why do we continue to settle for less when God is trying to get us to what he has for us? In the future. Mm -hmm. So this is what happens young people. We stay here and we settle for less because it's comfortable and because it's satisfying. Instead of stepping outside our comfort zone realizing that God has more. But you can't graduate from this stage until you stay in this season and understand that God is developing you, because what He told Elijah is is what He told Elijah when when the he, when Elijah prayed and there was no rain. Everybody knows that story. The Bible says that he was he he went to a river that God had provided ravens to feed them and provided water there was a, there was nothing else around it was it was it was, it was it was it was it was it was a dry season for everybody nobody had anything no crops or nothing but God still provided from but he told Elijah he didn't move Elijah did not move until God dried up that river that he was at so you can't move from one season until you get out of that season, all that you can get out of it until you can move to the next stage. And that's where the Israelites were. I believe that the enemy was trying to get them to a place where they were trying to compromise the call that was on their lives. So what happens is, that we get real on fire for God, we get passionate for God, and we love God, and then all of a sudden something hard comes. Bam! Breakup, job, you lost your job, car breaks down get depressed. You feel like killing yourself. S- thoughts of suicide because something didn't go right. Mm-hmm. That's where the Israelites are right now. Where's Moses? He's been gone too long. We get the same way. God, where are you? You're taking too long. You're taking too long. So because you're taking too long, God, I'm just going to do it my way. And we all know what happens when we do it our way. So instead of waiting patiently for the Lord, we get ourselves in problems that we can't get out of. And it's only God that can get, of it, get us out of it. And so what happened is, is that the Israelites are now in this season where they, they said, you know what, we're going to do things our way. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take all this gold Aaron, Aaron, he's like, you know what? This is what we'll do. Give me all your earrings. Give me all the gold. Give me everything you have. And he fashions this calf. Everybody knows the story. See, this is what happens. Is that people who influence us the wrong way and the things that influence us the wrong way, we begin to compromise our identity of who God says we are. Right? Because we all are trying to look up to somebody to follow. We're all trying to look up to somebody to mirror. You understand? We're all trying to look up to somebody who's doing the right thing. But sometimes when things aren't going the right way, we begin to do the wrong things. So we begin to hang out with people who are trying to satisfy our flesh to cover up our problem. You understand? So for me, back in the day, it was, I'm going through struggles, so let me just go smoke some weed. I'm going through some problems, so let me go to the bar. When all, all along, the problem isn't getting better, it's getting worse. So we begin to compromise our identity and who God has called us to be. So we begin to get influenced by the wrong people. I need you to hear me. Because there will be times in our lives where you're on this journey, just like the Israelites are, on the way to your promise. You're just like, this is you right now. You're like, yeah, breakthrough, deliverance. On the way, Boo, doo, boom, 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 boom. And the enemy, storm comes, the waves come. Something tragic comes. And then you're like. Oh God. I thought everything was going right. And now I'm stuck. Because. I don't know how to get out of this now. I'm hurt. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. So. So. I guess you're taking too long for my healing and my breakthrough. So what happens is we, we turn right back around to Egypt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We go back to that same girlfriend that satisfied us, our flesh. When we know it wasn't a good relationship, it was unhealthy. We go back to that same boyfriend that we thought was the one. He was glittery. He was goldy. He looked good. Long, blonde, locks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what y'all women like. I not Six pack. I mean, I don't know. Thought he was the one. So what happens is, is that when we get in that position, when we get back in that position, we begin to create our own problems. And then guess what happens when we create our own problems? We get to blame God and blame others. God did it. God, you did it. God's like, no, you just didn't wait on me to get you through it. And you went back to something that you should have never went back to. And you know now I got to get you out of it because he's a good father. And that's what fathers do. I think I need to say this for somebody because somebody needs to hear it. You are never too far gone from the grace of God. Don't matter how far you fell, no matter what you've been through, no matter what struggles you battle with, God will still pick you up. He'll wipe you off. He'll clean you off. He'll refresh you. He'll wash you. He'll dress you. He'll dress you. So... Now we got these Israel. I'm, I got to wrap this up because y'all are tired and it's late. Okay. Don't act like y'all wouldn't be at home right now, up on the phone, talking to somebody all night long. <laughs> so this is what happens. Okay. They got to a place and I started to think about like, God, why? I started to think about this. I was like, God. So this is, this is it. They, they, back then, they took all their earrings. Okay, gold back then was valuable. It was, a precious, it was a precious stone, so it's valuable. So they took all that to fashion it into something that they could just say, this is who delivered us. And I begin to try to put that in today's terms, and I was like, God, what does that mean like for today? Is that God says when we get to that place where we feel like giving up, we give away those things that are most valuable to us to try to create security in our lives. They gave away things that were valuable to compromise the call that was on our life. So what happens is we get to a place where we give away and we give up our gift and say, God, I can't do this. Or we don't step into our calling and say, God, I'm not valuable enough. I'm not worthy enough to do what you've called me to do. I'm not worthy enough to be with, to take that job. I'm not worthy enough to have this position. I'm not worthy enough. So, so we give away what's valuable inside of us. We give away our gifts. We give away our talent. We give away, you know, what's precious to us, what's most valuable to us. We give away at times our self-worth. We give it away. Just like, they gave, they, they, they were willing to give, give gold. You know, they were, they were willing to give away gold because they were tired of staying in the same position. They were tired of staying in the same place. And I think that's how sometimes we get, we're just willing to just give it all away. I mean, I get to that place sometimes too, like, God, why are we still here? Why are we still going through this road? Why are we still fighting? Why are we still going through a battle? Why are we still going through this season? Why are we still going through this struggle? Why are we doing this? And what happens is we get to a place where we say, you know what, God, I'm done. I give it all up. I'm done with it and we start going after those things that glitter because when you go after the things that glitter it's just self-satisfying for a moment makes you feel good because you don't want to deal with you don't want to deal with this over here so you'd rather just walk over here and just do things that make you feel good you hang out with that group of people because you feel accepted when really you don't feel accepted, they just want you because you got money in your pocket. I've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Really, they don't want to hang with you. It's just because, you know, you're a senior in college and you got a car, and you're their ride. But really, could you call them at one in the morning, crying, bawling your eyes out, needing them to talk to, needing to talk to them? Hmm? If you were walking down the street by yourself, could you call them up and ask them to come get you? No. We get to a place in our lives where we got to understand that the enemy is trying to do these things because He's trying to stop you from getting to the promise that God has called you to. So th- I'm wrapping this up because y'all are tired. One more, one more thing. I, one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. So they, they got to a place where they were tired of waiting on Moses and they seen miracle after miracle after miracle take place. And this is what God told me to write down to tell you. He said, just because... God isn't performing signs doesn't mean he isn't doing anything significant. Just because he's not performing signs, just because you're not seeing the big miracle take place in front of your eyes, doesn't mean he's not doing anything significant. All right? <laughs> because we got to know that, that God, is, God is always doing something right? He's always moving. He's always creating. He's always, uh, pl- he's planning. He's planning. And in the midst of the moment, you, you got to go back and here's what really got me and I'm done. Here, here's what really, bl- I mean, it blew my socks off my feet. I mean, I'm, I blew my shoes to the moon. I was like, gee, you ever just get it? You ever get that nugget? God speak to you You're like, woo, Maybe in the middle of Walmart, like, hi. You used to get in that place, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. You be in McDonald's trying to order. I'm like Glory. Some of them. You want the Glory, the Glory cheeseburger. The glo- that's what I was trying to say. The Glory, the glorious cheeseburgers you guys have. The- <laughs> but this is what blew my mind. Are you ready? Chapter 24. Moses goes up to the mountain. Yep. Chapter 32, the people are waiting on God, on Moses to come down. In between chapter 24 and chapter 32, God was talking about doing 20 different things for the people. Wow. Guess what's in the middle of 24 and 32? Guess what's one of the things he was trying to get them to do and create? you can look it up, the anointing oil. (laughs) So when we're in the midst of saying, you know what, God, I'm trying to walk away and go the other way and I give up because it's too much because I was on our way to a promised land. You said that was flowing with milk and honey. But now I'm too tired of waiting on you. And the whole time God is over here mixing up the oil he's over here mixing up the oil and he also talks about the priestly garments he's trying he's he's fastening and he's knitting the priestly garments that he's trying to put on you so that way you can be clothed in righteousness like the bible talks about so you can walk in holiness so that way you can walk in victory and he's trying to build a tabernacle so that way you can dwell in his presence and the whole time god is doing something behind the scenes because we're getting upset he's not we think he's not doing anything and the there's no signs being performed. We think he's not doing anything significant. The whole time that you're you're on the whole time you're going through a struggle, the whole time you're feeling lonely, the whole time you're feeling depressed. God's like, if you just hold on a little longer, I'm getting ready to do something so great in your life, you'll never even think or even imagine what's getting ready to happen because God would go above and beyond just to make you feel. Make you happy and to make you feel with joy and to make you feel peace and to make you feel like you have victory because he will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think or even imagine. This it blew, I mean, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I was like, God, I don't know what to speak to these guys. I mean, we're here all night, it's almost 10 o'clock. I feel like I feel like Apostle Paul. They, you know, there's another story. He had a guy who was preaching all night. They fell asleep. Dude fell out the window. And the guy, and then <laughs> Apostle Paul went down. This, he went down the steps. The guy died, right? And he went there and laid his hands on him. And the guy came right back to life again. Because look, look, I'm telling you, that's because look, I should have, I should have preached that when I preached walk to walk and talk to talk. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though. Like it blew my mind. I was like, Lord. It was one of them. Hallelujah. And I think it really, maybe it didn't speak volumes to you, but it did to me. Because in the midst of it, I was like, so you mean, Lord, when I start to blame you for things, the whole time you're creating a blessing. (laughs) So you mean the whole time I'm complaining, you're creating? (laughs) So you mean the whole time I'm creating problems, you're creating my promise? I don't know, I'm just throwing things out there. You hear me? I mean the whole time? The whole time, the whole time, the whole time I'm waiting, and the whole time I'm worrying, and the whole time I'm not worshiping, means you're always working? Hey, I'm just, I was like, God, look, stand to your feet, I'm done. But if you don't get anything out of what I said tonight, I want you to know that not everything that glitters is gold, okay? Do you know where that came from? That came from Shakespeare, 1596, I think. I don't know. But, what, but listen, seriously, know that just because there's things that happen doesn't mean that God's not already made a way for you to get around it or get through it. Don't settle for less. When God wants your best. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray.